His birthright was given to the sons of Joseph and the son of Israel, so that the genealogy is not listed according to the birthright, yet Judah prevailed over his brothers, and from him came a ruler, although the birthright was Joseph's. And so then the birthright and the blessing then were divided, where Judah obtained the blessing, but Joseph the birthright. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Well, tonight we're looking at Genesis 48 and 49. And as I mentioned in the prayer there, we are looking at final words of Israel, of Jacob as he speaks to Joseph and Manasseh and Ephraim here in chapter 48. And then as he blesses all his 12 sons in Genesis 49. And also prophetically, he speaks a word from the Lord over their lives in both chapters. So this was a pretty significant time. Now, we know that Jacob... His name meant heel catcher. He was a supplanter. He was a deceiver. And he spent the early years of his life doing just that, especially his twin brother Esau, tripping him up, deceiving him, actually getting his what rightfully belonged to Esau, the blessing and birthright. And yet there's another side of this. For in the Bible, we know that even before Jacob acquired the blessing and birthright that belonged to his brother Jacob acquiring these things through deception God was going to see that he would have them anyways and I think sometimes we often might get ahead of God when God said to Rebecca that the younger will serve the older when this prophecy went forth that You know, God already stated what was going to be, but it was the method it was accomplished. It was not accomplished in a very godly way. In fact, it would cause friction in this family that would cause the family to separate for more than 20 years. And yet before, as we will see, before he left the land of promise, he would hear a word from the Lord and he reminds Joseph of these words in these opening passages of Scripture. 
Here in Genesis 48, I chose verse 15 as a key verse where he told his son, Israel speaking to Joseph, saying, And he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my father Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day. The God who has fed me. That really spoke to me as we will see as we get into the passage. So let's go ahead and begin looking at this. God cares for you is the title I gave to Genesis 48. In verses 1 and 2, it tells us, Now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, Indeed, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob was told, Look, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat up on the bed. So we need to remember that in these final few chapters with Israel coming down to Egypt and the family there in Egypt now, that Israel actually spent 17 years of his life, the final years of his life there in Egypt. So he'd been there for 17 years. And during that time, his health, obviously, his days being numbered at this point, and Joseph hearing that his father wouldn't be around for much longer, he gathered his two sons, he brought him, but also Israel himself strengthened himself to receive them. He sat up on the bed looking forward to seeing, as we will see in a moment, he couldn't see, but in a spiritual sense and physically to be with his family there in his last days. In verses 3 through 7, we find that Israel adopts Ephraim and Manasseh. And then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you. I will make of you a multitude of people and give this land to your descendants and after you as an everlasting possession. So I will give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. I read the words correctly. I just put a break in there that made it sound weird. Verse 5, And now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to visit in Egypt, are mine, as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Your offspring, whom you beget, after them shall be yours. And they will be called by the name of your brothers in their inheritance. But as for me, when I came from Padam, Rachel died beside me in the land of Canaan on the way when there was just a little distance to go to Ephrath. And I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. So before blessing his grandsons, Israel began to reminisce about his past life, how God had given him a word there at Luz, which is renamed by Jacob as Bethel, house of God. This was the place where he dreamed and saw the ladder ascending uh, into heaven and angels ascending and descending upon that ladder. And when he woke up, he said, I didn't realize I was in the house of God, but the Lord had come to him when he was on the run 
when his brother had threatened to kill him, and when he was leaving the land of promise, the Lord spoke a word to them, to Jacob in Genesis 28, 13 through 15. So this is significant because this was really what we understand as the beginning of Jacob's true spiritual journey with God. And the Lord spoke a word to him in Genesis 28, 13 through 15, saying, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. So that morning, at the beginning of Jacob's sojourn with the Lord, when the Lord had given him this word in a vision by night, that morning when Jacob woke up and he was really alert to what had taken place, he said this pledge to the Lord in Genesis 28, 20 through 22. If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set up as a pillar shall be the God's house and of all that you give me, I will surely give you a tenth. And so now at the end of his sojourn in life, he was a much younger person when he had made that covenant to the Lord. But now he's in his last days. And he encourages the next generation concerning the promises of God. He's rehearsing God's promise to him to do good to him, to bring him back to the land. And he testified that God has made me fruitful. He has provided for me. He has fed me. He did bring me back to the land of promise and peace. Moreover, God had given him 12 sons. He had given him daughters, although we only read of one named in Scripture to us. No doubt he had many granddaughters as well. Many uh, grandsons. We meet two here in Ephraim and Manasseh. And also the daughter-in-laws that come with the sons as they were being married. And at the same time, at the end of his life, he's remembering his beloved Rachel, who having died while giving childbirth to uh, Benjamin, we just studied that a few weeks ago. Here we learn that he says she died beside me in the land of Canaan. So maybe he held his wife as she died there in her last hour. And he remembers his beloved Rachel there at the end of his life as well. And although Ephraim and Manasseh were Joseph's sons, Israel claimed them as his own. They shall be as my sons. They'll be numbered, and that's why they're numbered with the 12 tribes of Israel to this day. And we find a bit of this reason 
uh, given to us in a couple of verses of Scripture in 1 Chronicles 5, 1 and 2. We're going to see this information again as we go through the study, but they just kind of condense it in 1 Chronicles 5, 1 and 2. It says, Now the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, he was indeed the firstborn, but because he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given to the sons of Joseph and the son of Israel, so that the genealogy is not listed according to the birthright, yet Judah prevailed over his brothers, and from him came a ruler, although the birthright was Joseph's. So it gets a little uh, confusing as things are being shuffled around Reuben, should have had the birthright and the blessing, but Reuben sinned against his father, and we'll read about this again in Genesis 49, and he lost that privilege. And so then the birthright and the blessing then were divided where Judah obtained the blessing, but Joseph the birthright. So we find... Israel prepares to bless Ephraim and Manasseh in 8 through 14. Then Israel, he saw Joseph's sons, and he said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons, whom God has given me in this place. And he said, Please bring them to me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age, so that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact, God has shown me your offspring. So Joseph brought them from beside his knees, and he bowed down with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim, with his right hand toward Israel's left, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right hand and brought them near him. Then Israel stretched out his hand and laid it on his right hand, laid it on Ephraim's head, who is the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And so we read of Joseph having these sons pretty early on during the famine. It was during the time of the famine that he had these two sons. So pretty early on. And then there was a totality of seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. So he had the sons during the seven years of plenty. And so that gives us 14 years. And then the brothers coming down, it's been another 17 years, except we have to subtract five to get the math to work all correctly. But the boys are, you know, probably in their 20s at this point, getting all that to say that they, they weren't little kids at this point. Uh, Dad had been there for 17 years, and they had been around for a few more years besides that. So probably in their mid to late 20s when he was blessing them. Israel is 147 years old at this time. No wonder his eyes were failing him. And so he inquired about him. Perhaps with the age, simply if he would have had a good pair of glasses, he would have been able to see. But catch me in a darker room now with my glasses off, and I might say, who are these? It, it just doesn't work as easily as it used to. 
But he testified of the blessing of seeing Joseph. Basically, Israel said, I didn't even expect to see you again. And now I've seen your sons as well. And so this is just God blessing him beyond his expectation. And in preparation for the blessing, Joseph lined up the sons just as they should have been blessed with Manasseh at the right hand of Israel and Ephraim at the left hand of Israel. But when Israel reached out his hands, he crossed them over. And scripture says knowingly what he was doing. In verses 15 through 20, as he blesses Ephraim and Manasseh, the Bible tells us, he blessed Joseph and said, God before whom my father Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. Let my name be named upon them and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Now when Joseph saw that their father had laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. So he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his descendants shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will bless, saying, May God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And thus he set Ephraim before Manasseh. So by placing his right hand upon Ephraim's head, Joseph, although it displeased him, he understood that his father was actually giving the greater blessing to his younger son. And perhaps Jacob was considering his own story, his own life, how he had received the birthright and the blessing, though his through deception, instead of his older brother Esau. And although Israel gave to his two grandsons the same blessing, if you read it, he just blessed them. He didn't say, now to you, Esau, I say this, or to you, Manasseh, I say this. He gave them the same exact blessing, but it was the position of his hands that caused the greater blessing to go to Ephraim. And we know that it was the Lord who was involved in this. God who caused him to give the greater blessing to the younger son. Yet, Israel said that both would be blessed in the land of Israel. In fact, the people of Israel would have this saying that they would say to other people, may God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. May God grow you. A very similar thing was said to in the story of Ruth, if you recall that. The Bible Knowledge Commentary states about this passage, for consecutive generations, this reverse pattern was followed. Isaac over Ishmael. 
Jacob over Esau, Joseph over Reuben, and Ephraim over Manasseh. And so we finish out the chapter 21 and 22. Israel blessing Joseph. He says, Behold, I am dying, but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. So as Israel prepares to die, he encourages his offspring. He says, God's going to visit you. He's going to bring you back to the land of promise. And to Joseph, he gave him the double portion over his brothers. And this portion would include land that was won in combat against the Amorite. And he says, the Amorite, like we should understand who the Amorite was at this point. But Joseph would have understood that. There's no other mention of this battle in Scripture, but Jacob said, I won this land with my sword and with my bow. But we do learn in Joshua 24.32 that Joseph would be buried at Shechem. In Joshua 24.32 it says that he was buried at Shechem in the plot of ground which Jacob had bought for 100 pieces of silver which had become the inheritance of the children of Joseph. And so this became part of that inheritance, the double portion that he would receive. Jacob's statement, though, in verse 15. This is what attracted me the most out of this chapter. God who has fed me all my life long to this day. It stood out to me in this chapter. Jacob lived to be 147 years old. So he did have a very long life, especially compared to the number of days that we have on this earth. Even with all of our technology, we can't get to the longevity of the early patriarchs in the Old Testament. But he was not saying that his life was perfect. He told Pharaoh in Genesis 47, 9, that few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. God had been with him all the days of his life. God had fed him all the days of my life. But there had been some tough times during his life. I sent this scripture to someone yesterday. Two verses of scripture, and I just I texted them. They're going through a hard time. And I said, this has always meant a lot to me. And it's 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 which says, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And through the years, I've learned as a young man in my 20s, that's when 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 came into my memory. And I, it was like a easy memory verse for me then because during that time, I learned to not only humble myself before the Lord, but to cast all my cares upon the Lord as well. And what a blessing it is to have a hope in Jesus. And may he love and feed us all the days of our lives. Every day that he gives us, may we desire to live for his glory. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word that you have given us tonight. Just going through these prophecies and many of these, Lord if not all.
but many of them, Lord, we have seen fulfilled. Some uh, through history, the history of the nation of Israel themselves. And the one there, Genesis 49, verse 10, that talked about the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Lord, you are the line of the tribe of Judah. You are Shiloh, the peace giver, the rest giver. And I pray, Father, that you would give rest to souls, Lord, that are troubled, Lord Jesus, that you would give rest tonight. May they cling to you, that they might find that rest. First and foremost, Lord, we understand that that rest comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Belief in his work upon the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection from the grave by receiving Jesus as their Savior. But also in this life, Lord, you can give us rest as we go through life. So I pray, Father, your hand to be upon us. Bless us, Lord, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen. Pray that God would bless you and keep you, that his face would always shine upon you and give you peace. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into his image by the power of his Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.